Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Thank you once again for joining another edition of Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Pastor Nathan Brozier. If you will please share this broadcast to your social media platform and hit the subscribe button right below to get your weekly updated sessions. Today, I want to thank my guests once again for joining me on this week's episode of Bridging the Gap podcast. Pastor John Spencer, thank you for joining me once again this week, Pastor Spencer. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed last week's session. I pray that everybody that was watching that enjoyed it as well. Uh, But John, we talked some last week about your journey through ministry. Okay. I know right now you are the lead pastor of 121 Faith in Bloomington, Indiana. Now, we talked a little bit about it, but how long have you been in Bloomington, Indiana now? Uh, it's, we've actually moved down there almost two and a half years ago. Two and a half. And yeah. where was you prior to that? We were at Christian Center Church Christian in Center. South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. And that was Pastor Mark Lance. Is that yep, correct? Okay. That's correct. And so when God led you there, um, you know, you, 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 you took on a whole new level of responsibilities. <laughs> let's just say it that way. Yeah. Your lead pastor now. Now, this is not your first lead pastor position, is it? That's correct. I was over in Ohio for seven years. That's correct. And before that, and then after that, you went to an assisted uh, pastor yeah, position. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, today we're going to dive into a topic titled Starting from Scratch. And when you planted one to one faith, you literally started from scratch. Yeah. You weren't take you weren't taking over an existing church or replacing a former pastor who has just recently retired. Now talk to us today about the process that went into that. Well, it was Quite the ordeal. A lot of prayer on the front end. Mm-hmm. Like, God, are you sure? Yeah. I mean, the more you start thinking about things, it starts really, okay, is this absolute? And and even Sonny was on board with it, and you know, she's amazing. However, we said, you know what? Why should we move to a new city mm-hmm. and start a church when there are churches that are already looking yeah. for a pastor? Sure. It, it just makes no sense in some levels. So she said, let's be fair about this. Let's see if this is really what God wants. So we applied for a few churches, did some interviews for some, yeah. a few churches. And I'll just say this. She, I told her, I said, when I do these interviews, I want you to be in there. I want you to hear the questions that yeah. are asked in these meetings. I want you to understand this whole process with me to know why I really believe we should start this up. So after we had applied and she sat in on the process, heard some of the questions and such, she was more than happy to start the church. She said, I just simply can't believe this is the questions that some uh, elders of churches would ask Mm. to bring someone on board. And uh, give us, give us an example. There's somebody's (laughs) watching this and like, what kind of questions is he talking about? Well, so, you know, you're really dialed in and you're having this meeting and you're talking about moving your family to a new city and taking over a church and leading them and following God. And when someone looks across the table and says, Tell me your best joke. What? And I, I said, I was completely caught off guard. I said, I'm sure there's enough funny things in real life that we don't even have to make up jokes. And I thought, do you want someone to entertain you every week? And I think they were just wanting to know if I had that side of a personality. They gotcha. surely, but in the moment, I thought, are you kidding me? My wow. best joke. Do you need a comedian or do you want a, right. a man of God to come in here and help out your church? And so... Wow. That was that was one of the things. Some of the uh, bylaws and constitution. I don't think people always understand. And these are things churches that have been established for years, mm-hmm. and they'll have in there that hey, if if someone in the nursery doesn't like the song selection, that they can call a meeting of the church and they can ask the why the pastor. And there can actually be a vote to dismiss the pastor. Mm-hmm. There are churches out there where right. you can literally be dismissed because someone 
in in some part of the ministry doesn't like you. Yeah, right. And then they can call a vote at any time. And your dismissal would be based upon how many years experience you've had there. Mm-hmm. So if you've been there one year, you might get one week's pay. You've packed your whole family up. You've wow. moved to a new city. And because someone doesn't like a song that was sung, they can now call a pastoral vote. That is crazy. And I said, I, I can't go to a place like I can't pack up, relocate, pour my heart into something just to have that in the back of my mind. Mm. And I said, oh, we would never do that. If it's on the paper, yeah, there's potential. Right, right. So you're hearing these crazy questions asked you, and you made the comment that Sonia was like, let's start this. Yeah. Back to that point there. Yeah. So, you know, she's good with it. We're good with it. The next thing, and I really believe this was important, I needed to talk with our pastor. And I remember sitting there and um, having a conversation, and I was in prayer meeting. I was going to wait, and, and the Holy Spirit just said, you need to go talk to him now. And I said, well, hopefully he's not in his office, and I miss God. Well, he was working a little bit late that day, mm. and I said, I need to talk to you. And I thought I was going to get sick. And I said, this is what the Lord's speaking to me. And I said, I want to kind of get some feedback. And I probably gave him a, a five-minute spiel, and he said, yeah, I could see that. And I needed that confirmation. I believe that, you know, you do things the right way. I believe your pastor is there, um, even if you're going to go start something new, that you should have that level of respect. And they, God has placed them over your life for that season. Yeah. So I wanted to go and talk to him about it and make sure it was something that he was in agreement with. Um, also called up Pastor Brozier mm-hmm. and drove over there and wanted to talk. I want to not just have a phone conversation, but I want to see sure. someone's face. I, I want to read their face as well. And, um, you know, the fact that he was completely on board. So it was really a major deal to not only get approval, but something that those other people could see the same thing in sure. you. Like, am I just seeing this in me? Yeah. Do I think I can do this? Do I think that I'm able or do other people believe that it's mm-hmm. also possible? And it was real important that the ministers that were in my life and the people that I looked up to gave me that green light, yeah. and, and we had that as well. That's awesome. Well, what, what has been some of the hardest obstacles you have faced during your planting of one-to-one faith, and how have you overcome or overcoming those right now even? Patience. Patience. Yeah, just being patient. Uh, you know, waiting upon the Lord, praying and maybe not seeing the fruit as quickly as you want. You know, anybody would sit there and say, wow, that was probably a rough time to move to a new city and start, mm-hmm. a, start a church right before COVID-19 hits. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, but being patient with people, being patient with the process, being patient and, and being flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, we went in and our first Sunday, I had no idea who was going to come. I, I said, you know, there's five people that I... I felt very confident would mm-hmm. be there. And, and God sent people in, but, but they didn't always stay. And so it was a process of getting up and preaching on a Sunday night when eight people yeah. were in the building. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's a small group. Sure. And you're up there with a microphone, you know, and, and you're, you're recording the service, and you're trying to preach your heart out, but you've got to be patient. And that was a really difficult thing was to be patient and let the process unfold. Yeah. And let God move. And because uh, there's times when you're like, well, well you know, why, why am I doing this for eight people? And I would reflect back, oh, you know, Christian Center, you know, I'd preach on a Wednesday night and there's 200 people on a Sunday morning, Pastor Mark with 500 people. It's like, this is pretty good content here. Yeah. But you can't withhold the content because of the crowd. Sure. That's good right there. And you yeah. always have to deliver what God gave you for that, for that, for those yeah. people. And those people are, 
you know, and so many times they might have a mindset of, well, there's just five or six of us here. Mm-hmm. We can be a little bit looser tonight. Yeah, right. But you have to keep that vision and that mindset that we will be a church. Yeah. We, are, we are going to go forward. And so it was the flexibility, the patience, those take a toll on you. It's constantly recalibrating and realigning your heart mm-hmm. and your mind and saying, we're going forward. We're always going to go forward. It's something that sounds like our bishop, uh, Bishop O'Neill, says a lot. Uh, he said that when he started his ministry 15 years ago and launched his church, he said the Lord spoke to me at eight people in his room. It's yeah. funny that number is the same as yours. Uh, but he said there was eight people, and he said the Lord told him that you are going to finish like you start. So you start with excellence, you'll finish with excellence. Yeah. And so that is a good statement right there that you, you've got to be patient, trust the process. Because unfortunately, I preached a message just about a month ago called Trust the Process and how we allow complacency to come in and just right. sit like a cancer because we, we become comfortable. Yeah. Um, we're just going to deal with this the rest of our life. And, and that's not what God's called you to do, to be yeah. complacent. So that, that's good. And I wondered, I mean, you hear, I've heard this testimony a lot, patience. I believe Pastor Mitchell mentioned this a couple of weeks ago about being patient uh, during because he had took he had taken over his father's yeah. ministry, so he come in from a different angle than you. Now he had to fill a role that yeah. everybody's expectations were pretty high. Yeah, and so he's either like, okay, do I just become him, or do I become myself and be who God called me to be? So you starting scratch from the beginning is very important to set the standard to where you want yeah. to be. And can I add, you know, starting from scratch, and, and whether it's a, a women's ministry, kids' okay. ministry, youth ministry, any of those things, I've seen so many people who just aren't patient. And one of the things I'll always ask people is, okay, if you're going to do this ministry, two months from now, nobody shows up. Are you done? Mm. Are you leaving? Or are you really in it for the long haul? Are yeah. you committed to it? Do you have those... Uh, that vision that's long-term that I'm, I've got something here in my okay. heart and I'm called to this ministry. And, and, and it's just something that so many people don't have that patience anymore. They really want to get in, and, and whether they get on the coattails of someone else, get into a ministry that's exploding, and they want to just yeah. see that explode in their mm-hmm. life and because they, they believe that determines success. But yeah. let me go all the way back to last week when we were talking about the, the, the women who were teaching the Sunday school classes, the 80s ladies praying, yeah. the guy that I work with who's a missionary. It's just being consistent and persistent with the Amen. gospel. And those are the key things that I try to stay focused on. Amen. Well, let me go with this next question for you, Pastor. Uh, what would you say is the most important thing to start with when launching a ministry from scratch? Having a good, solid vision. And, and writing it down. One of the things I learned from Mark Lance, uh, pastor in, in South Bend, Indiana, was to really write down the vision mm-hmm. and to write down what it looks like. Really just verbalize or, or put in writing what everything's going to look like. I mean, you've got to be flexible because it probably won't look exactly like that, but you've got to have a strong vision and do the details. You know, you don't want to leave out if someone says, what's your dream vacation? Oh, I want to go. I want to go to Acapulco. Well, there's some dumps in Acapulco. That's right. How about write down the details? Yeah. If you can sit there and say, I want to do a men's ministry, how about some details? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Are you teaching? Are you fellowshipping? What's your heart in all these things? And so to me, that is the main thing was to put in all the details. I can't tell you how many things we wrote up, we talked about, we sat down, and uh, we went through an organization called Start Church. 
And they were great because they made you actually pull out a lot of things. And I thought I had detailed everything, but they made us actually walk through so many more processes on how do you handle this? How does your processing work and such? Yeah. And so it was great. It was really good, to, good. To, to really have that solid vision because otherwise you're going to get pulled. Amen. And somebody else has got a great idea. Exactly. But that's not your vision. You know, I'm a big advocate of that. I believe if you write it down let, and let the people know what the vision is, then, then yeah. the people have the buy-in right there. Yeah. I'm a believer, even from a business standpoint, when we, were, when we wasn't in the church world, Mm-hmm. You didn't go work for a company that didn't have a buy-in for yourself. Like, does this make sense for me to stay here 15, 25, 35 yeah. years? There has to be a buy-in to be for us as a church as well. Like, because these people, you want to invest themselves, their money, their time yeah. in, into what God has spoken to you specifically. So I believe the vision has to be written down and brought forth frequently. Yeah, And so I think otherwise people are just coming to church like, Oh, yeah. What am I here for? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've read a book uh, by Eric Geiger probably three times. It's called Simple Church. Yeah, I read that. And, and that book, it just, as you're writing your vision, you can't get real complicated. Mm-hmm. And so it was the simplistic message because it's like marketing. You got to say it at about 10,000 times. You know, you tell someone you're doing something in church. You can put it in the bulletin, Facebook, everywhere else, and they're going to forget. Sure. And you feel like, we've said it a million times. <laughs> But right. they still don't get it. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, anything you're starting new, you've got to say it even 100,000 times mm-hmm. in a community before they realize you're even there. You know, I've always said there's no such thing as over-communicating. No. I don't think anybody's ever said, man, you tell me this too much. No. They're going to be like, thank you for reminding. Right. It's funny. I'll tell you a small joke real quick or a funny story. <laughs> Last night, John was him and Sonny were over at my house. We had a, a cookout. And I said, hey, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Uh, and he was like, Morning? I was like, yeah, you, I told you at 8.30 in the morning. And he goes, man, I thought you said at night. I was thinking, man, that's late. 8.30 a.m. works better. <laughs> so I just started thinking to myself, I, I'm usually guilty of constantly telling people, right. reminding them, hey, right. you're still coming, right? You know, kind of thing. And, and so over-communication is not a problem. It's so easy to have assumptions and, and think somebody knows something. Yeah. And we have sat down with our leaders, and we're, we're meeting with them on a weekly basis. We're going out to dinner with them, talking to them. And I just can't talk to people enough about the vision and about the direction and see how they're doing. Because for myself, I remember looking back at times in my own ministry, mm-hmm. maybe didn't talk to the pastor for three months. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that would have been really beneficial. <laughs> right. Because yeah. we got way off track. Yeah. And you know, and so many, and I get it. People are working, they're busy. Sure. The people are bivocational, but there has to be communication. If if not, just a good detailed email. Yeah, man. That's and true. you know, you can just follow up, and you can answer some questions. If you're if you're a good communicator, you yeah. can do those things. But some people need that sitting down conversation. You know, with today's technology too, um, you can communicate with all your leaders, your people that are something, I guess, in your church or even not in your church. I mean, there's things called video blogs, blogs and or blogs, whatever you want to call them. There's, there's things called zoom, you -hmm. know, that you can take, you know, 30 minutes and just have a communication with your people. If that's what you need to do. So there's no reason right now to communicate for having a lack of communication with leaders in your church. It's otherwise becomes lazy. If we don't, you just think everybody knows what you want. Exactly. And everybody's personalities are different. And the communication is just something that, and, you know, even if they're not in leadership and they're not serving, 
you still got to communicate the vision. You know, ours is very simplistic. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led of the Spirit. I say that over and over and over. It should be ingrained in there. I say we're building faith one life at a time. It's one-to-one faith, building faith one life at a time. And I did a trivia. I do Bible trivia on our midweek services, and and I I forgot them. And so I I threw in some of our questions. And, And there were some people that were stumped, and I thought, how many times do I say building faith one life at a time? But they... I said, it's on the sign when you walk <laughs> in the building. And I wasn't being hateful because it caught right. them off guard. Mm-hmm. But you want to get to the place where it's embedded in people. Yeah, They realize the name of our church is really about building faith one person at a time. We're yeah. a very personable church. you know, and, and we want that, and I want that to get inside of them. Amen. And I thought, wow, I need, to, I need to say that a little more often. Amen. Well, that's good. I mean, because I think in your church, we, we had this conversation last night that – most people, when they when they look at a church's name, they're like, what, what's, the, what's that mean? Okay, like if you live yeah. on Main Street, you're Main Street Baptist or yeah. Main Street Pentecostal. Uh, it, it makes sense. So somebody asked me a question, you know, what's one-to-one faith? You know, is that, on, is that the name of the street, 121st Street? <laughs> I wish. And so, but this gives you an opportunity, really, yeah. to express what you're about. And, and again, yeah. what, is we, what is that? It's vision casting. That is yeah. making it clear for them. Like, listen, we are a personal church. Yeah. We love to be in hands-on, you know, a part of a community. Really a one-on-one building yes. that faith up and encouraging. And every single person is important. There's not, Amen. you know, it's not a masses. It's it's more like a, a one-on-one basis. So we want to do that in our in our uh, church, in our children's, in our youth, and in, in our seniors, every area that it's really yeah. about that one-on-one relationship building. That's great. I, I agree with that. I mean, I hope somebody's watching this that, trying to figure out how do I get my youth group to grow or how do I get my children's ministry? What yeah. am I supposed to do? And I, and I believe that one-on-one relationship yeah. is key. Me and Jessica just had this conversation. Um, I said, you need to start doing things outside of the church walls with yeah. your helpers, so to speak, or your, your leaders that are teachers or helpers. I think that camaraderie, that one-on-one kind of what everything you're saying right there, because all yeah. of a sudden they're going to work for it. They're going to yeah. make it happen. And the next thing you know, the children's ministry, ours is called Destiny Kids. The Destiny Kids is going to blow up, and that's just how it works. And, mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you know all about the children's ministry. you got to yeah. get people to buy in on that, yeah. or otherwise it's just you and Sonia doing it all. So That's not good. No, no it's <laughs> never good. Well, John, someone watching right now may be preparing to launch a ministry from scratch. Sure. Now, what would be some advice you would give them that you wish was given to you? Well, you got to stay persistent. Um, you know, when you start off, you, you, you get weighed down and you feel the, the draw to just kind of take breaks. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a plan, and, you know, the vision, um, and you've got to stay consistent with it. We do a, a yearly plan. We, we pray and we fast before, and we get together and we really talk about what the year looks like, and, and we're sticklers on staying to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going to have five drive through prayer services, we're going to have five, you know, yeah. the, there's a little flexibility, obviously, with global things, COVID that shut down mm-hmm. a few things. Uh, if we're going to have some home churches, we started off having home church this year. The numbers kept growing. I mean, it was really too big for some of these houses, mm. but we stayed true to it. And next year, we'll recalibrate and shift those mm-hmm. things. But this year, we're staying true to it. It c- keeps you from getting sidetracked. It keeps you from saying, hey, I know somebody who can preach, or hey, let's do this idea. The entire year is planned out, and yeah. we're consistent with it. Uh, it keeps me from getting discouraged. We did our first drive-through prayer. I think we had one car stop. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, man, we've we've lost a whole service time. Yeah. Our people aren't engaged. This is this was a downer. The second one, I felt the same way. But by the fourth one, people were fired up. People were coming through. I, you know, yeah. it was that cons- you've got to give things Amen. a chance to work. And you just can't throw in the towel every time it doesn't work. Uh, you know, people go from one church to another church to another church, one ministry. And like, I got to find my niche, right? Consistency is a niche. Mm-hmm. Being persistent is a niche. Having a vision and praying is a niche. And so, Amen. you know, if you'll do those things, you'll be successful and, and, and really in all your planning. And, and that's not just in ministry. That's in life in general. That's right. You know, you got to have a plan with your job. You, can't just get mad and walk off. You can't, you know, there's got to be some planning. That's true. And so when you're consistent in areas, it, it brings calmness to everybody. Yeah. So, so your advice pretty much would be be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. Now, what do you feel like you yeah. ever had that advice given to you to start one to one? Or is that something that like you've had to learn? I've learned that there were, there were things I've learned from different ministries. Um, one of the things Pastor Mark was was super consistent. You know, mm. I, I I think that there were times I was like, oh, you know, he needs to do this or needs to do that. And I would talk to him and say, you, it's your church, mm. and you're going to make the decision you're going to make. And I would think, wow, he's maybe a little bit more calmer about right. it or maybe a little slower to react. But what I learned from it was his consistency. Mm. You're not in it for the short game. You're in it for the long game. That's right. And you can't have knee-jerk reactions. Um, you can't. You can't run to fires. You can't change things up because the latest fad just hit the church. You got to mm. pray through things and really. So I think watching people, maybe not picking it up, but just just watching them. I learned a lot from each one of them through the years and different things, different yeah. ministries. And you try and just glean and put it all together in a package. That's good. Hey, I'm telling you, you're giving some nuggets for some people watching right now. So, John, Pastor John, I just want to ask you something. Someone may be watching right now that feels mm-hmm. like they're supposed to do something bigger than what they're doing right now. <laughs> now, that could be church-related. That could be business-related. Yeah. You know, we got Brother Mark helps us out with his his company, Endpoint Creative. And, you know, and maybe there's thoughts like people like himself are thinking, I mean, I want to do something bigger than what I'm doing right now. Yeah, everybody and, does, don't they? Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and mainly, you know, and the unfortunate part or fortunate, however you want to look at it, pastors are always in that boat. Like, yeah. I want more people to yeah. start coming to the church as if our number is yeah. a, 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 is a definition of success. And that's not always the truth. Yeah, It's called quality. Sometimes, I mean, shoot, quality is always better than quantity. Yeah. Uh, if uh, That's why some people pay $50 for a plate of food instead of going to McDonald's to buy $5 meal, you get a different quality over here. And so, but there may be somebody watching right now that are, that are, they're wanting to do something bigger than what they're doing right now. Maybe it's starting a church or starting a business or growing or engaging the more of the community. Right. Right. I want you to pray right now. There may be somebody watching or even listening. Could you pray over that individual right now? A word of encouragement. Yeah. Kind of because you've been there. Absolutely. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you walk with us, you talk with us, and you lead us. Lord, we do not want to be driven by the the mindset of this world, but we want to be led of the Spirit. And and driven looks like numbers. Driven looks like money. Driven looks like success. But being led looks like serving, looks mm. like being humble, looks like, looks like giving of ourself. It looks like sacrifice. And so many times the driven part looks like our glory. 
And God, I pray that whenever we do things, we have a right heart, that we, we go in the right direction and we follow after your leading. And Lord, let us remember that the biggest things in life are not the, the accolades of men and women, but it's our family, it's yes. our children. Some people, the biggest thing they're going to do is raise their children, and that is a huge task. Some of it, it's keeping your marriage together. It's keeping your home. You are an encouragement on your job. And so, Father, we pray for them. You are somebody who is leading a Sunday school class, and that child needs you in this hour. You are doing the biggest thing in, in heaven's perspective, much bigger than what this world would see. And so we just pray a blessing. We pray strength over them, and we pray favor, Lord, that they will just continue to be led by you and not driven by this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Pastor John, I appreciate you coming all the way over from Bloomington and joining us and gracing us with your presence and just sharing your your, your knowledge of what you're going through and last week's episode, even where you've been. And so I appreciate you for taking the opportunity to come over here and speak into this this episode. And I thank you for watching and joining us this week. And God bless you. And we will see you next week on Bridging the Gap.